This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 6, Episode 6, France, Part 2. Hi, I'm Michael and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. So can you believe it, with this episode, Episode 6, we're now halfway through Season 6. Where do these where do these episodes go? <laughs> where did tell me? Where does the time go? <laughs> Hope you enjoy the time we spend together. I certainly do. It's one of my favourite things, making these episodes for you and hearing how much you enjoy it. So thank you for everybody who sends me these lovely comments and tells me that they really enjoy listening to these. I make these for you, so thank you. So a few things before we get started. Firstly, huge thank you to the Masterclass Sessions. They're our sponsor for the podcast, and if you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next Masterclass. At the time of making it, it'll be me delivering one, and it's all about loving leadership, so my framework for leadership, and what does it mean to lead from the heart, and what does, it, what does it actually look like on a practical level? So if you click on the link, you can book yourself on that. And if you send me a quick email to michael at catalyst.co.uk or comment on social media on LinkedIn or wherever you see the link for these podcasts, just tell me something you enjoy about it. You'll be entered into our monthly draw and every single month you'll be in with a chance of winning a whole year's subscription to the Masterclass sessions, all the recordings and all the live sessions for 12 months. Some people are the best in the world at what they do. Completely free. So if you'd like that to be you, just click on the link in the show notes. And a couple more, my new book, Loving Leadership, has started to get its reviews, um, and I'm very grateful for those. So I've got a new book out. If you click on the link, you can buy that. And also, if you are a native Spanish speaker and you prefer listening to these podcasts, um, slightly shorter ones, but in Spanish, we have Camino para Viaje, that is the Spanish version of the podcast with similar topics, uh, just in Spanish. So we've been checking out all sorts of different countries, haven't we, all around the world? doing a few little adventures and the reason we've been doing that is to help you to hopefully cultivate what's called a global mindset, a global awareness. We talk about um, the global village or globalization these days. What a base that means is on a business level, on a social level and definitely on a biological level environmentally, we now share a lot more space with each other and we have a lot more awareness of each other through connectedness digitally, environmentally, through business, and even as we learned recently, the pandemic, through our health. And having a global mindset is that ability to be aware of other countries, other cultures, other types of people, and to think well of them and to want to help them and they help you and to grow together. And I always say, you know, I'm English, I live in the UK. It's not the centre of the universe, right? There are so many different types of people out there that I've loved meeting and places to visit. And it's created this mindset that is more globally aware. I always talk about the global family, 8 billion of us. There's me and you and 8 billion other people. What's your plan for that? You know, What's your plan in your business for that? Are you aware of that? So I've, I realized that I arrived at this over years and that you can't just be born with this mindset. So we've been to Iceland and Croatia and Egypt and Romania. We've been to France. I'm going to carry on with France today with lessons that I've learned from the people of France, some wonderful people I get to mention today. I'm very grateful to them. And last time, if you if you haven't listened to it, make sure you go back and check out. We talked about Lourdes. So in the south of France, did some voluntary work for seven years, seven summers, and met some incredible people from all around the world. But today I want to focus, staying in the south of France, I will give a mention to Paris, um, about what I've learned, you know, lessons in life and leadership definitely as well from the people of France and, and from the country of France, not just from Lourdes. 
So I've got five lessons that I learned when I was reflecting on this, as well as some little shout outs to France in general as a country that I think can be helpful for you in cultivating this, this global mindset. You know, what do we learn from France and what do we learn from the people of France? Now, first of all, it's a massive country with millions of people. So I try not to generalize. I try to do the opposite and speak about very specific real life uh, experiences that I've had when I visited France. And, and most of these come from one uh, period that I, I spent a couple of weeks with um, some incredible people. So the first lesson that taught me, my parents had have two friends called Jean-Pierre and Yvonne, and they used to run a hotel, and they used to visit the hotel every year, every summer, and have great times together. They told me all about it. But since they retired from the hotel, Jean-Pierre and Yvonne live together, and they're married, and they have been enjoying retirement. And so one summer, me and my dad went to visit them because for years they're like, oh, Kevin, you should come back. My father, Kevin, you should come back and, and, and visit us. And, and one year we just thought, yeah, let's do it. I love speaking French. My dad speaks French. Let's go and spend some time with them. So we did, and it was wonderful. I got to stay with them for a couple of weeks. And the first lesson it taught me, and it's very powerful, was the importance of positive older role models. Now, I've been quite fortunate. I've had people around me in the 60s, 70s and 80s, and I look at, I've looked at them and gone, I want to be like them. They've got it going on. They've got a good life. You know, they they have something that, that, that I aspire to be like in later life, not just as a child or a young man. And Jean-Pierre and Yvonne definitely showed me, through just them being themselves, um, what it could look like when you're a bit older and you're enjoying your time. So Jean-Pierre loved to fish, and we used to fish for trout. Um, they're both incredible artists, and Yvonne especially, we went to one of her exhibitions. She painted a lot of faces, incredibly visceral, moving faces lined with emotion. Her, her painting's absolutely incredible. And we went to one of her, the art gallery with one of her collections, and she's incredible, she really was. And they're both incredibly fit as well, physically, which I'll come on to in a minute. And so just being around these two people, fully healthy, fully happy, you know, for a couple of weeks showed me and opened my mind a little bit as to what that can look like if you're slightly older and if you live in another country, because obviously I live in the UK and I've been very fortunate with my parents to have great role models with, with them. But to see, you know, two people that aren't your parents, not even your family, what's it like in a different country? How do they live? And they this beautiful house real artists dwelling you could you could see they were they're both artists so that's the first thing and the importance of having those around because what I've learned through all my travels is always to base it on people I've met and places I've actually been to I've said this before you know rather than saying all French people are this or really all of them or all people think this do they well I know what Jean-Pierre thinks and I know what Yvonne thinks because they told me and just being around those people you know is very very different to thinking about a group of people that you've never met you know so the importance of having those positive role models around you who are older and I mean older I don't mean like middle-aged I mean like getting towards maybe even their final years not that they were um it's just a, something I don't think really, we really talk about enough positive older role models around you and the second one this is very important I think for where they live because they lived in the Pyrenees mountains in the south of France is your environment really does shape you. And I've talked about this a little bit in terms of the natural world and my love for 
John O'Donoghue, who's an Irish Celtic and a poet and a mystic. So if you like to read uh, beautiful, moving poetry and, and words and blessings by somebody who understands the land and the natural world, check out John O'Donoghue, especially his book Anamkara, which means soul friend. But I was really taken aback by this, and I experienced this with Jean-Pierre and Yvonne uh, on multiple trips out, just how fit they were, right? So if you've ever never been to the Pyrenees Mountains, it's a series of mountains, right? They're not just hills. And anytime you go into the mountains, you'll see how fit you really are. And we went mushroom picking. Now, I don't know if you've ever picked mushrooms. In the UK, we pick the white mushrooms, the ones you eat. But over there, it's the complete opposite, <laughs> like the yellow and the brown ones. So we went out for hours in, you know, in, the, in the heat of the sun in the summer, searching for these mushrooms. And a lot of them, kind of annoyingly, all grew like, on not on flat bits, but on like side bits. So you'd spend your time kind of shuffling up and down sideways. So you're not actually moving forward, moving laterally, up and down laterally. So imagine that going up a diagonal. Really, really hard work. And I thought I was fit. And Yvonne was running rings around me for hours and hours. She was like, right, I'm off here and I'll, I'll go here. I'm trying to keep up with this woman who must have been 40 years older than me. But she was just shaped by the environment. It's normal to her. It's no big thing. I remember seeing one of her friends uh, out picking mushrooms. And then later in the day, we went out to her, um, to her art exhibition. We drove in the car, right? It's downtown. And we saw the same lady cycling past on a bike. She was like, yeah, saw you this morning. See you later. And she was like 10 years older than Yvonne. I was like, how old is she? She's like, doesn't matter. And so it was great to see the environment, the physical challenge of the Pyrenees Mountains and this environment shaping these people to be really fit really really fit um and i and i saw some amazing things i saw a mountain marathon happening it was when we first went into the mountains and we went on a walk and i saw these people running down this mountain at full pelt i said what on earth are they doing they said oh they're just doing a marathon they do these marathons and i was like but up and down the mountains through the mountains said yeah it's normal they go down full pelt and then they go up a bit slower and these guys were girls were running faster than I could probably run on the flat, down and up a mountain. So your environment, your physical environment, definitely shapes who you are as a person. If you live somewhere where there's hills, it keeps you pretty fit, doesn't it? <laughs> Just walking around. That's a beautiful thing, that your environment can shape who you are as a person. The third thing that it taught me, and this was a great experience, was we went to a party one night and we met some friends of, of Jean-Pierre and Yvonne, and I met my first millionaire, now, first of all, this guy was a good man, nice guy, I, and he's just a normal man. But you got to remember when I was when I went here, I wasn't in any way interested in business. At the time, I was a teacher, and so my understanding of money and, and business was just completely, pretty ignorant, put it that way. And so to see a millionaire, I was like, oh wow, um, is he a different type of person to me? And he taught me a lot. I remember first of all, he had a massive dog, like massive, like the size almost of like a small pony. And this dog was a big softie with a big tongue out, and sat there the whole night by this swimming pool, drinking these drinks and stroking this dog. And what it taught me, speaking to this millionaire, because I had a good chat with him, I spoke very good English, was he, he told me how you basically, you have to have a different work ethic if you want to be a millionaire, if you want to get to that, that point in your work. He didn't say better, and he didn't say you have to work harder it's just different and you gotta remember again i was very ignorant so i was like what do you mean different he's like look if you work in a shop 
that's different to running a shop. If you run a shop, that's different to owning the shop. If you own several shops, that's different. You have to think differently. And he was, I don't know if you even realised, but he was educating me the whole time. I was thinking, all oh, right, yeah. And he helped me to see that you don't become the millionaire by running the shop. You become the millionaire by running the chain of shops and solving the problems that the, the shop provides, right? So that was really good kind of early pre-grounding for me in business to have just seen a, a you know, regular person who just happened to have a lot of money. But he got across to me quite easily and simply how he managed to achieve that. And he basically just said, you need to think differently. If you really want to be this millionaire or billionaire, whatever you want to do, you have to think differently to somebody who doesn't want to do that. No better, no worse, but you cannot get the results, those kind of results, by thinking the same as everybody else. And then he told me about various different things he did, and he had a wine, like mini vineyard for wine, and homemade wine, which was really nice, actually. So I found that fascinating. He was a very um, big character. His swimming pool had, like, different flashing lights, and we went on a trip into the mountains, and he came with us. Great big character. And so that's something that if you're in business and you're thinking, yeah, I want to be a millionaire, I want to be a billionaire, I want to be massively successful. Well, something he taught me, you've got to think a bit differently. And having been in business now for a few years and worked with millionaires and, you know, they're just people, that I definitely can see where he's coming from with that. You do have to think differently. And if you get any chance to improve the quality of your thinking or help you to think differently or have new ideas, take it. Take it, Definitely. Once you are aware of things and thinking in a grander, different, more pervasive and sometimes slightly quirky way, it will give you these opportunities that you wouldn't get if you were just kind of thinking in a kind of a standardised way. So I think it's important to say that. It's no better, no worse, no harder work and no softer. It's not like that. It was just he taught me you got to think a little bit differently. And the fourth one, and this is a challenge really. It was a great challenge, but it, it really caught me unawares. You know, I speak Spanish and I talk about speaking different languages, opening the doors to cultures, and I'd stand by that. But France and this particular trip really humbled me into understanding there's a massive difference between ordering something in a restaurant and doing kind of GCSE French or making polite niceties to somebody in conversation and having proper in-depth conversations in French with a native speaker. So my dad speaks much better French than me, still does. And I remember after the... I think it was the first day we'd spoken French for like 10 hours, pretty much, with Jean-Pierre and Yvonne all day, going back into our rooms and going to bed and saying to my father, I feel slow and stupid. <laughs> my head actually hurts. And we used to joke that our English in the evening would be so poor because we were trying to think and speak in French. And that was something that taught me. The reality of speaking another language with native speakers in real life is very challenging. So, for example, they were asking my father, you know, what's the political situation like in Ireland? Because he was originally from Ireland and they really wanted to know. Well, that's pretty hard to express a political view in a different language. And they, and they were telling us about Senegal, similar thing. And it wasn't, how is the weather or would you like some food? It was like, let's really get into the political conversation and ideologies. And what do you think? What do you think, Mike? And I tried, and I, you know, managed to express some basics. But that's something maybe you, you need to be aware of. You're not going to go and just say your little phrase and that'll be it. You're talking hours and hours. And, and I came away really a little bit at the time feeling a bit low about that. I thought I was doing something wrong until my father said to me, no, it's it's perfectly normal. You're going to be able to 
understand and listen to more than you can say. And that definitely was true in that trip. I could understand a lot more than I could say back to them, if that makes sense. And if you speak another language, you'll understand that. It's a natural part of learning. So just be prepared if you're speaking with native speakers in a different language in their country that they're not going to want to necessarily talk to you about GCSE topics or, you know, how's the weather. They're going to want to talk about life and as, as they should. And that if you are aware of that and up for that afterwards, it's probably going to be quite tiring mentally and physically. I was, I used to, I was exhausted after 14 hours of speaking French. The fifth thing, which I've kind of alluded to already, is if you get the chance to visit the Pyrenees Mountains or any mountains, but especially the Pyrenees Mountains, please just go because what it's taught me, and this is, I remember the first day, I can see it now, I can see that it was a grey, cloudy day and there was this vibe in the air. The moment we went into the mountains, it was like a different vibe in the air. And I can understand now reading religious texts, you know, going back thousands of years, why people would go away into the desert or they climb a mountain to try and get away and clear their thoughts. I haven't been into several mountains now in different countries. I, I get where they're coming from. There's just a different vibe in the air. And it's very, very special. It's like you get a sense of the age of the mountains and how old they are and how small you are in comparison. And beautiful random things can happen in the mountains. For example, we went to this lake and there's this like little lake in the middle of these mountains. And we heard before we saw, we heard a French barbershop quartet singing in perfect harmony these beautiful songs. And I can still hear them now. And it was like finding a wild animal or something. It was absolutely beautiful. We weren't expecting it. We had no, we've just heard this noise, followed the noise. And, and we ended up speaking to them. They were absolutely amazing. I don't know if you've ever heard four men singing in harmony at once, a cappella with no music. Oh, and with it, the sound reverberating off the mountains, it was incredible. So again, you get the chance. Go into a mountain, obviously keep safe, but go and... It, the vibe is so special, so, so special. And coming back out of that, I just wanted to come back again and again and again. The final kind of thing I just wanted to do is because I could talk about France all day, every day. Just some incredible kind of places and you will meet some real characters in France. It's not a boring place, it's really not. Some of the characters I've met have been absolutely amazing. The places are really full of character and life. And just, I wanted to give you just some quick shout outs to places I've been if you're looking for recommendations or things. I went to Disney World in Paris, right? But I went at Halloween. So that was amazing because the whole place was decked out for Halloween. So can you imagine that? So if you get the chance to go to Disney World in Paris, just go to that. That was amazing. And Paris in general, I've been twice. I went for my 21st birthday. The Louvre Museum has so much amazing artwork and, and artifacts. I went and I couldn't even see a quarter of it and I went for 12 hours. That was absolutely incredible. And the Montmartre area, the, like the arty area where the Sacré-Cœur is around, go there. The French food, the amount of baguettes I've eaten, just going into a shop, buying one, eating it whole for like a euro or less than that. Absolutely incredible. The French waiters, I have to tell you, finish with a quick story. They have so, they're such characters. When I went and it was my 21st birthday and the waiter found out that I, it was my birthday. He'd spent the whole night getting the different tables, trying to talk to each other and create this vibe. He faked a power cut and said, oh, 
the power's gone. And we all panicked. Oh, no. And he went, happy birthday. And they brought out this cake and they gave me a, sh- a shot of alcohol. And he'd done this as soon as he found out it was my birthday. It was so special. He created such a vibe, that, that waiter. So French waiters and waitresses, they've got real character and they make the whole experience of dining is, is very, very special. So hopefully it comes across just how special this place is to me and my heart and the French people, Jean-Pierre and Yvonne. I could talk to them right now. They they just, they taught me so much. And it was really the country that opened the door up to me from the UK, you know, to the rest of the world. And I'm very, very grateful to France and its people for that. So if you get the chance to go, go. If you don't get the chance, make the chance. It's an incredible place. So I hope that's been enjoyable for you. Just a little bit of this country. Obviously, it's a massive country. And, I, and I've done my best to just talk about a couple of places, Lourdes in the south of France and my, my trip with Jean-Pierre and Yvonne. Have you been taught something similar by France? Have you been taught different lessons by the French-speaking people? I'd love to know about them. Just take one of them, you know. Do you have positive older role models in your life? Have you been shaped by your environment? Have you been meeting any millionaires and speaking different languages? Have you been into the mountains? Have you found some incredible places? And Just maybe reflect on one of those and apply something from it in your life to help you. And even if you don't, you know, just know that as you are right now, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay, take care. As the French say, à bientôt. So I've got some brilliant positive facts for you. Did you know in 2018, 89 million people visited France and Paris is the third most visited city in the whole world. French was actually the official language, kind of Anglo-French, of England for over 300 years. And get this, I love this. The French are responsible for inventing tin cans, the hair dryer, and the hot air balloon. And I've been up in a hot air balloon. It was amazing.